We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up packers fans and welcome back to another episode of the daily draft brought to you by badger state brewing in green bay wisconsin i am your host and the publisher of packer report Ross Uglum, and today we are digging into the trenches. We are studying Arizona offensive lineman Jordan Morgan. Morgan is a guy that you're going to see mocked to Green Bay plenty. I think both um, at pick 25 and at pick 41. I would prefer him at pick 41, as I'm sure uh, anyone would. But but he's going to be right kind of in that that zone and in one of the guys that actually fits what they do. We've spent a lot of time. Uh, this offseason talking about the super extra large offensive linemen and how Green Bay um, isn't really into those guys. And and Morgan is definitely more towards that chart that I show of the guys that Green Bay actually does draft. Right, He kind of, uh, from a height weight perspective, he looks like a Zach Tom. From a height weight perspective, I mean, he, he's sort of like a, a, a TJ Lang or a Josh Sitton. And that might mean he ends up at guard, but that doesn't mean that he's not a really experienced, really good um, NFL prospect, not elite, right? Not not necessarily like a Fuaga. Um, I don't even know that I have him ranked above Fatanu, though they're they're really really close. But um, not in the Fashanu, not in the alt category. Again, might end up at guard. So you know what, what kind of value is that? But um, boy, he's a good football player, and and you want to draft as many good football players as you can. I enjoyed watching him work some some live once um, when when North Dakota State played at uh, at Arizona, and that was fun. Uh, but he is a legitimate NFL prospect and somebody uh, whose work I definitely enjoyed. The first thing that you see when you turn on the tape is he is a thick, thick tackle, right? There's some some tackles uh, that that you know have kind of that basketball player look, um, like a Brian Belaga, right? Like a lean type of guy. Um, and and then there are tackles that are a little thicker and uh, around the midsection and in the hind parts and in the, in the quads, uh, like a David Bakhtiari and and both both you know, styles can win, right? Trent Williams looks like a, like a, like a bear, like a grizzly bear. Um, and then there are, are tackles that are very, very good that, like I said, look like kind of thick tight ends that have not no gut and, and can move their feet and, and long arm and, and do things like that. Um, Morgan is a thicker player with a good anchor. And, and you see that when people try to bull rush him. And uh, I, I think that again, could, 
could potentially lean itself into um, a move inside to guard. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, he moves really well. I'm going to be surprised if he doesn't test well. And then I'm going to be surprised, of course, if after he tests well, uh, that he makes a ton of sense for the Packers because that's the kind of thing that they're into, um, specifically on the offensive line. You can often um, just sort of take uh, the, the the offensive line chart and uh, cut it off at like 315 pounds and then sort it by relative athletic score, and you'll find guys that the Packers are likely going to take. I mean, they, they, that has literally happened. I mean, that's how... Uh, you know, I looked like a super genius and I don't, I don't mean to pump myself up, but like the year I tweeted three hours before they did it on day three, like, Hey, they're going to add Josh Nyman today. That wasn't because I'm some clairvoyant super genius. It's because he, he was a Packer. He was, that's what they do. And boom, uh, we still have Josh Nyman on the team though. That might end, um, this off season. He's got strong, violent hands. He's got a good punch, not only to move people in the run game, but to also kind of stun or shock. Um, pass rushers coming after the quarterback. He, he does really good work off the ball, um, does a good job of, of uh, firing off the ball. I think he can cut guys off. He's quick, right? He's, he's quicker, um, and, and you don't really care about long speed. When we're talking about an offensive lineman. He has the quickness. I think he can um, cut guys off. If he needs to go a half gap over in his own blocking scheme, he has the foot speed to, to get across somebody's face and be able to cut them off. If you're running split zone, if you're one, if you're running wide zone, he has the initial quickness off the line of scrimmage to do stuff like that. I personally think he moves people well enough at the tackle position um, that he could maybe move D tackles as well. And, and what I mean about that is, right, he's, he's he's playing, you know, off the off off side of the the, and it's not that you never run left, but he's playing on the off side of the right-handed quarterback. So he's kind of he's he's cutting backside, um, but has backside responsibilities on a lot of run plays. Um, not playing guard, not playing. You know, he's, he's he's blocking 245 pound pass rushers, especially in the Pac-12. The Pac-12. I know Braylon Trice. I know a number of of pass rushers that you know are big and and talented. But the Pac-12 also has a lot of small, fast pass rushers. And you know, it, it is oftentimes on film where Jordan Morgan is run blocking a 245 pound edge, a 251 pound edge. But but he was so physical and so strong and so punchy with his hands. That I'm willing to believe that if he was reduced inside to guard, um, I don't know that he's going to play center. But if he was, you know, moved inside to guard, I'm willing to believe that he would not be a negative, you know, mo- moving trying to move somebody that's 295 instead of somebody who's 260. I think that that would not be um, a huge monumental difference for Jordan Morgan and would provide some flexibility then at that point. Um, where the Packers, and, and we've talked about this almost ad nauseum, the Packers are really going to focus on his ability to pass pro because that's the number one thing is keeping what used to be keeping Aaron Rodgers up. Now it's keeping Jordan Love up. Uh, I think there is enough value in his ability to potentially move people in the run game that um, he could be worth you know a top 50 pick. I think he's got p- positional versatility from a size standpoint. He's thick enough. And I don't think he'll be out leveraged at guard, right? He's not six, six and a half. He's six, five. And while you might want a little bit more length than if you're going to move him at tackle, I think he maybe becomes like a prototypical Packers type guard. Now, you know, you talk about the guys that I just spoke about, um, Sitton, Lang, those prototypical guys that you move in from tackle to guard have historically been later on picks than where you would need to draft Jordan Morgan. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's required. Right. I mean, they took Elton Jenkins high. Right. They took Josh Myers high. But one was a center prospect that they moved to guard and one was a center prospect that they kept at center. 
they haven't done a ton of the, okay, we'll take a tackle high and push him into guard anywhere really in the top three rounds, at least not, not of recent, you know, that's been something that they've, you know, your, your JC treaders, um, they attempted to do it with Cole Madison and it didn't work out. The most recent on, honestly, example of it is they're trying to do it with Sean Ryan. Hopefully they'll have success. Um, but this would even be a more expensive attempt, uh, than Sean Ryan though. Hey, same conference pac 12. We'll talk about that. The Packers do love them. Uh, the pac 12. He's a very experienced player and a durable player. Um, he is a five-year guy and not a six-year guy. We'll talk a little bit about that and, and how, um, you know, I think we as people that study what Green Bay does or doesn't do uh, during draft season need to sort of be cognizant of the COVID era and the extra years of eligibility and honestly to be cognizant of how much, maybe not an offensive lineman, but how much guys can make uh, in NIL by going back to college for one more year. And at that point in their lives, it's certainty, right? I might not get drafted, but, you know, this NIL collective or this car dealership or this fast food chain or whatever is saying you can have, a you know, $800,000 right now. You might see guys take the $800,000. You might have slightly older prospects then making their way into the NFL draft. Um, average 721 snaps a season over the last three years with 33 starts. And Arizona really wasn't a – they're a okay, pretty, pretty decent program in 2022 – and then burst onto the scene in 2023. But in 21 and 22, 21, they were one of the worst teams in college football. We're not talking about any of the extra stuff. No conference championship games. No bowl games. Um, so they really just became bowl eligible in 2023. You can see how that total number of starts, those total number of snaps are impressive. When you're not playing in the Pac-12 championship game, you're not playing in a bowl game. To have 33 starts in three years, 721 snaps a season. Um, this dude has played college football. All of that at left tackle. Now, there's good and bad to that, and we'll get into that a little bit later uh, here in the video. Three sacks and three quarterback hits or three quarterback knockdowns given up over the course of the last two seasons. He's an elite pass protector. That's how you get drafted in the top 50. That's how you know a team like Green Bay with what they believe, and I, I know I do too, but what they believe to be a franchise quarterback in Jordan Love, um, they're not going to take someone whose specialty is mauling, whose specialty is run blocking. Now, a guy like Fuaga who can maul, that also protects the passer, that's great. Jordan Morgan, you know, for me, ranked 10 spots below Fuaga because I don't know about the mauling necessarily, but elite pass protector, and those are worth their weight in gold. Um, you know, even if he's going to be an interior pass protector, that still is a very, very valuable thing. Uh, tied for third in the Pac-12 among tackles in the pass block efficiency metric as it is put together there by pro football focus college cons. He did not have a great week at the senior bowl. And that is one thing where um, I pay attention to it a little bit. I, it, it's not going to, you know, completely and massively shift him up or down my board, but the Packers pay attention, or at least their history tells you that they pay attention to what goes on in mobile. Um, the Packers have been a very heavy senior bowl team and for him to not have a great senior bowl week, I think, has some meaning and, and has to be considered as to whether, you know, you actually think Jordan Morgan may or may not end up being a Green Bay Packer. Occasionally, he oversets, especially against, like, wide rushing alignment. So I, there's not as much of that in the NFL. Um, the Eagles were famous from really coming in on that wide nine alignment, and uh, he'll get kind of on an island, and that becomes a little bit more problematic. He, Jordan Morgan would definitely prefer to kind of engage you sooner rather than later. He does not want you to have a running start. He wants to shut you down, get hands on you, and and, and work his feet in pass pro uh, in that way. 
one of the cons is he might have to move inside at the NFL level. I would let him fail at tackle first, certainly. Um, and, and I don't know how many official, official measurements we have for him. I guess I can um, look them up here just because the senior bowl, the way that they uh, tweeted them out in alphabetical order makes it pretty darn easy to look at. And, and I know what the height thing is. My, my question is kind of um, with arm length, of course, being a Packers guy, the uh, infamous Brian Bulaga discussion on the meaning or lack thereof of uh, arm length, but he, so 32 inch arms are not huge, right? So we're talking about a guy who's six, four and seven ace. So a shade under six, five talking about a guy with sub 33 inch arms. I, I just wonder if he's not a guard and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think he could be a really, really good guard, but if he can't play tackle, there's a difference there. If he can't play tackle, there's a loss in value there for sure. Um, still means he could help the Packers, still means he could be a very, very good NFL football player. If he can't play tackle, I wonder. Um, he could be cleaner and lighter in his kick step. If he's going to stay at, at, at tackle occasionally, he'll shuffle. Um, I wonder if that wasn't just like being the best player on Arizona for a long time uh, and, and maybe not being super um, into taking to coaching or, or frankly, I mean, I, you just heard what I said, three total back excuse me, three total quarterback hits and three sacks allowed in two seasons. If I was that damn good, I might get a little sloppy in my technique as well, but that won't fly at the NFL level. Um, I'd like to see a clean kick step every time, less shuffling, be a little bit lighter on his feet in that way, especially for a guy that moves as well as he does in the run game. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit better footwork in the pass pro game. He could certainly be better at picking up stunts, especially you run those tackle and stunts. There are a couple times where, you know, that was not picked up as cleanly as possible. He's played too much football uh, to, to not be picking that stuff up, to not have a high level of awareness. I'm talking about, you know, 2,100 plus snaps in the last three years. Um, that's just kind of a, like I said, an awareness thing that should be going better than it is uh, on tape. He doesn't have actual. So we keep talking about flexibility. He doesn't have actual positional experience. Uh, from a college standpoint, when we do talk about the word versatility and, and, and if we're going to start, um, you know, discussing uh, one, you know, position or another, uh, he played left tackle. Now, look, that's great. OK, that's the most important position on the offensive line. It means your college program trusts you implicitly. It means a number of things and they're all good. Uh, but he didn't play any right guard. He didn't play any center. He didn't play any right tackle. I should have paid a little bit more attention to maybe the different places that they used him down in the senior bowl. If you've, if you've heard that they moved him around, leave that in the comments. Um, but, but he, he just played left tackle. And again, that's great. Most schools, almost all schools are going to put their best lineman at left tackle, but the lack of live reps means like if he's green Bay's day one starter at right guard, maybe that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, I'm just not sure he's going to make it at tackle. That's a con. Okay. That, that is a, a con. And I've sort of already said that. Um, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If he's just a guard, what's his value? You know, does he slide then from a round one guy to a round two guy? If the NFL decides he can't play tackle, is he a late round two or early round three guy? I don't know. I, I, From where I see and my, my own grade on him, I could not imagine him going in round three, but I'm also starting to struggle to see him going in round one. Like I said, understanding sub six, five, shorter arms. And I don't know that he was so gifted and so talented uh, that – that teams would see him as as still that absolutely nails no question no problem about it uh, late twenties pick I I just I don't know the other thing is and and again we we talked about this it's okay it's not what it's not the problem that it used to be but he'll turn twenty three in camp so how much upside is there how much you know how much more can there be we don't know because he's he could be at sort of getting close to that peak. You talk about people uh, athletically peaking 26, 27 years old, he's 23. So he's closer to that peak than, you know, a third year, uh, you know, like a a third year player that played as a true freshman and could potentially be a very good offensive lineman when he's 21 years old, 20, you're 20 years old. Uh, And, and Morgan was that right? Because he's 22. Now He, he started in the PAC 12 as a 20 year old, but that season was a little rough. And and obviously there was belief in him, and he became a very very good player in 2022, and had a very very good 2023. But again, you just wonder how much upside is there with these older prospects? Okay, the Packers fit. He is their size. Okay, when when we talk about the the size, the the archetype, the type of offensive lineman that they draft, he's their size. And I think when he tests, he's going to be kind of their movement profile as well, as far as short area quickness um, and an explosiveness. The way I see him get off the ball, we don't have combine numbers. You guys are getting this obviously before the combine. The way I see him get off the ball, the way I see him cut guys off when they run zone, I think he's going to be not only their size, but also their type. They love Pac-12 guys. Um, that has been something that, for whatever reason, and, and I think some of it has had to do with the fact that they've really liked Sam Seal, their West Coast scout. But you know, you, you can go on and on, uh, on, on Pac-12 guys and West Coast guys over the course of you know, where Green Bay does and doesn't like to draft. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, went to Cal. Clay Matthews uh, went to USC. Um, Kenny Clark went to UCLA. And now you, you talk more recently with, um, you know, Sean Ryan going to uh, UCLA. They they have loved the Pac-12 and specifically have had David Bakhtiari went to Colorado. That's a Pac-12 school. They have had absolutely no problem uh, taking these West Coast guys to play uh, a on the offensive line and just be on the football team. They, they like the PAC 12 as much as, you know, you, you would think w- with the dominance of the sec and the, um, 
you know, the, the, the dominance of the SEC and then the proximity, though that shouldn't matter, it sometimes does, the proximity of the Big Ten, you'd think there'd be a lot of SEC guys, and there are, and a lot of Big Ten guys on the Packers, and there's not so many of those, but the, the Pac-12 from a where you'd think they line up and, and then how often the Packers actually take guys, they do like the Pac-12. Kevin King, another great example, not one that worked out, but you know another time where they used heavy draft capital um, to go out and get a, to get a Pac-12 guy. I think he's got the position flexibility that they're going to enjoy. I just don't know if he can play tackle. I don't know how many more times I can say that. Um, as far as the age thing, that's interesting, right? Because Sean Ryan was a three-year college guy, played as a true freshman, played two more years, left to go to the league, got picked in the top 100. Honestly, probably why maybe the, the development track of Sean Ryan has been slightly slower. Um, Zach Tom played five years. That's a COVID age discussion. He could have played a sixth year. Didn't win into the NFL draft. Now he's one of the best right tackles in all of football. I think Morgan would probably take a little bit of time, right? If uh, the Packers are going to draft him from a development standpoint, because his natural fit is probably on the right side. Um, and I'm talking about from the roster. And that's a guy that's only played left tackle. And I think the two fits, especially if they use 20 pick 25 on Jordan Morgan, I think the two fits are at right guard where you're, you know, competing with Sean Ryan or if they're sick of Myers, you could play Zach Tom at center and potentially play Jordan Morgan at right tackle if they really, really want to try him at tackle. Get your best five out there. Either way, I don't see him supplanting Rasheed Walker at left tackle or David Bakhtiari if he's still on the team. And I don't see them wanting to or should ever move Elton Jenkins off that left guard spot. This is a left guy that has played left, 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 left for 2,100 snaps over the last three years. Does it make it? You know, does it make sense for him to be playing early when he's got to switch to the other side of the offensive line? Uh, and and then as far as what you want to see from Jordan Morgan, who to my knowledge is plenty healthy enough to be um, plenty healthy enough to be testing. So he, you know he should test. You're going to want to see that relative athletic score above seven. Um, they prefer younger guys, which he's young enough. You're going to want to see that short shuttle. Less than 4.75 seconds. You're going to want to see that three cone less than 7.75 seconds. I think the, you know, the needs are a little bit different, uh, maybe on the interior offensive line, but but not really. They want short area quickness, and they want an overall decent athletic pro profile. And you can go back in time and see, you know, all of the the Packers that had, you know, good good relative athletic scores, especially guys that they've taken in the top 100 and, 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 you know, as much as I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm poo pooing, um, I, I, like I'm poo pooing, uh, excuse me, Jordan Morgan, because I'm, I'm not, but at the same time, I, they're going to have to take him in the top 100 is what I'm trying to say. Okay. As, as much as I might be talking about the cons talking about, maybe he's just a guard, I don't know that they're going to be in a position to do or any team is going to honestly be in any kind of position to take him anywhere other than the second round or the first round. I don't even think he's going to make it um, into round three. I think that would be super surprising. And when the Packers take you that high, and we talked about this a couple mock draft Mondays ago, when the Packers take you that high, they do generally really stick to their um, to their tendencies. You'll see them sort of, uh, 
go away from those tendencies as it gets later, as it gets to undrafted free agency, and even as it gets to adding people, you know, later on in the process, like uh, they'll they'll kind of like Billy Turner was not a guy they would have drafted, but they signed him. Um, as far as the high draft picks, man, you look at Jason Spriggs with a 9.78 RAS. You look at Zach Tom with a 9.95 RAS. You look at Alan Barbary with a 9.45. Um, Sean Ryan with an 8.16. Uh, they they just like Darren College with a 9.31. Um, they like, and I think I said the number was 7.25 again, David or uh, Brian Bulaga with a 7.34. They they like when they draft guys high to test well. So if you if you think Jordan Morgan's gonna be a Packer, you think they're gonna use a top 50 pick on him, he better test well. Okay. Overall grade, round two. He's got a high round two for me as far as the actual grade. Um, he's 31 overall. I have some questions about, you know, kind of what what is his upside. I don't see a franchise left tackle. Of course, if I did, he'd be a top 10 or a top 12 player with either a blue chip grade or a round one grade. I see a really, really good NFL offensive lineman with some flexibility. And to me, that's why he is a 31st overall round two, high round two grade long-term starter just maybe not a franchise left tackle thank you guys so much for watching thank you for listening how can you help us out order the pack pre-order the packer report draft guide uh the link should be right here in the description uh the promo code daily d-a-i-l-y will get you 10 percent off that bad boy find me i'm at ross uglum on twitter x whatever you want to call it check us out at packer report and do all the things you're supposed to do here subscribe like the pack day podcast have a great rest of your day everybody and go pack go <laughs>